Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. what 
other mm-hmm. people are pretty much trying to say. So when you have people screaming, we need to change gun laws so it's not as easy to get weapons, you know, it has to be a stricter background check, what they hear. No, not what they hear. Just once you put it through their, their head and they put their own narrative on it, what they regurgitate is, oh, y'all better watch out. The government's trying to take your guns. No one's ever said that. No one's ever said that. They're trying Yo, to make it tougher to get guns. Guess the, because the you got definition these young of dudes going on here with shaky, you know, histories or no history at all. Just being able to grab military grade weapons and go out and do whatever they need to, whatever they feel that they need to go out and do. But of course, what they hear is something totally different than what people are actually screaming. Not in my yes, yeah, almost it, it, forty-five the, uh, years of life have I heard the argument be, "Oh, we need to take guns from people." But as soon as you hear it, that's what they're going out there. They're gonna take your guns, blah blah blah. But you know. Yo, it, it, it's the it's the ultimate gaslight, man. And, and and I just had two more things to say, and then we got to get down to business, what we love. The first is I've never been one to really watch Fox. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch CNN. I, you might catch me watching the BBC uh, two or three times a week or whatever, but I don't I don't really get into American news. I took the time to watch an episode of Tucker of Tucker Carlson. Um, and the reason that I watched Tucker Carlson is they say that in this young man's manifesto, which is 180 pages, he talks about replacement theory, which if you don't know what replacement theory is, just, you know, Google is your friend, um, you know, in a, in a capsule, in a synopsis, five, ten seconds, it is basically stating that white Americans – are going to be replaced by others, whether that's blacks, Asians, uh, uh, Hispanic folks. Um, genetically, they're not reproducing at a rate which will allow them to maintain control over the United States of America. Tucker Carlson has been kicking that ish for about a decade, and they were saying that his, his support and his rhetoric has contributed to a lot of these you know, quote-unquote, lone wolf, white supremacist attacks. And so I watched Tucker, and I was utterly disgusted that, yo, this dude, literally, as he went into his spiel about Buffalo, brought up every major murder in the country within that week. Basically, to you know, and you know what he did. You know he brought up oh, Chicago. Yeah. You know he brought up Philly. You know he brought up New York. You know, and you know why he brought those, those, uh, those specific cities up. What, what about, about black on black, black? What about black on black? Yo, I, mm-hmm. I literally felt the urge to stupidly punch the shit out of my TV. <laughs> that 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 was my earth. Like I literally wanted to punch dudes so bad. Like how dare you desecrate the memory of these people and why they died by doing such a, a, a disgusting act on your platform, you know? And so that 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 was that was the first thing um, that just I I I never 
I can't remember feeling that way. And the other, yeah, the I've, I've watched is, stuff yeah, on that on that network, and I literally like get like hot feelings in my stomach. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I just wanna, yeah. yeah like, and we're not even them it, type it, of. We not right. Even it makes you people. tense. It makes you uncomfortable. Like I, I've watched, you know, MSNBC. My um, my parents-in-law watched that a lot. Staunch Democrats. And I kind of yeah. think to a very, very much lesser degree that that's, you know, disgusting, but not disgusting on, in an egregious, blatant, disrespectful way, just the bias. Like, you can just tell that the news is being led in a certain Red, direction. Yeah, in a, cer- in a certain on, direction. On Fox Network, it's more than just being led. Like, these are dog whistles that that's going on yeah. in that station. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And 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 so the other the other piece, and, and we got to jump. The other piece, man. Yo, you're not gonna be able to call me one day and tell me my nephew or my nieces suffered some sort of whatever based on racism, man. Because then my freedom is in jeopardy, man. And I'm 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 getting deathly afraid for our children, man. It just like I don't know what to do. I don't know how to teach them. I don't know what to say. It's like I hear myself making logical dot-to-dot connections and here's the history and this, that, and the third. But the reality of living with someone who is innocently stepping further and further into the world and we see the world going to, you know. And how uh, how do you teach safety in situations like this, situations that are going on in America now, because it's like, okay, we have a certain level of street smarts. We can teach you a lot about what to stay away from, what situations not to get yourself in, but we can't tell you don't go to the grocery store. We can't tell you, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) don't go Just these we regular raised our, places. We, raised our, we went and got educated and raised our children so they wouldn't have to use street smarts. Street smarts, right. So they wouldn't ever have to know what that is or why that so – that, so that but as this, we joke – But this goes beyond little, street smarts, They can be a little bit jazzed. They can be a little bit jazzed. Right. But even it, if you were, even if, even if for some reason we still felt insecure at the world and we taught these little suburban kids – most staunch lessons on how to survive in the street. It doesn't mean anything with situations like this. Like, how do you? Mean yo, anything. I'm going. All right, I'll be back. I'm going to the store to put. <laughs> shout out to Latrell's free will to put some food on my family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do you yo, teach against or, that? Or, or you or, even know to look out for. To, in the store. Or you going to church? You going you to church on Saturday night? Just to hang out, right? You know, not that you or I probably would be going to church on Saturday to hang out, but you know, our brother Akil taking his family <laughs> on Sunday, and the doors open up, and a and a and a young white male brandishing an assault rifle or a shotgun comes in to, uh, yo, I, I don't that, know what to I don't know what to say. At that point, you just gotta dive and pray that. You don't get hit, and that's not a you know that's nothing to teach. That's just luck of the draw. Sounds crazy, but you know that's just luck of the draw. So, but it, but there are some things in in life 
the crazy part is the way that stuff like this is operating, going to a black church might be just as risky as, you know, going down the South Street in the 90s on a Friday night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, it might be just as risky. So it's like it makes you think, like, all right, well, now all churches live stream. Like, do we really need to be in God's house to be in God's house? Like, you really yeah, have to think about that kind man of stuff. said, do we need to be in God's house? Yo! Yo. But because but, think about it. Things have happened there. If you're not safe there, like, where are you safe? You're not safe on a college campus. You send your kids to school thinking, man, this is the safest place they can be rather than being home, being in the streets. They're on a college campus. They're shooting up college campuses. They're shooting up high school campuses. They're shooting up, you know, elementary schools. Like, the saddest part about this is my kids, who are all still elementary age, has they have fire drills and they have, what, what are the drills called now? Yep. The, Yo, the, the, uh, them, them, them type of drills. The I don't know what you're talking drills. about. Right, active they have shooter active drills. shooter drills in elementary school because this is the America that we live in. Where are you safe? Where are you safe? Like at this point, you really think about like, damn, I'm about to start Instacarting again. I Instacarted for the for the COVID. I might have Instacart just just because they shooting up supermarkets now. The next thing is going to be, you know, white dudes Instacarting for black people, and then they come to your door and shoot you or something, and they drop your stuff off. I, it's, it's no way to teach this, man. There's no way to teach safety in these uh, in these situations. And, and it's, a, it's a damn shame that our kids have to not just have fire drills anymore. We got to have active shooter drills. I forgot what they call them because they don't call them that for the kids. I guess they're trying to keep it PG somehow, but that's what they are, active shooter drills for elementary school kids. It's crazy. All right, man. America got us down. We, we, we didn't started this out in a, in a somber mood, but we're gonna move on. I, apolo- I apologize. That's all good. Things need to be talked about. So now we're just gonna we gonna get our um get our Patrick Beverly on and just slander some athletes. So before we do that, man, y'all just y'all know uh, we don't really need to remind you if you listen every week. But if you don't, whether you're with us live or not, at any time on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of the partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. So there's never an excuse to miss an episode of the War Room, Tissue and the Tape, Hip Hop Podcast, The Broad Street Line, Superstars, John Appetit for all you foodies, On the Couch with the Wilsons, After Further Review, etc. Make sure you do that. All right, so these hot topics that we're about to get into are brought to you by MyBookie. Warroom family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked them out, then it's time to stop wasting your time and place a bet. Lay down some bread on the biggest games in sports by joining the Warroom and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie. AG. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Nothing else to it. All right, so uh, B, uh, last week, your Philadelphia 76ers, 
once again <laughs> choked in the second round of the playoffs. That their new nickname for me is second round sixes. Because, you know, we we trusted the process all these years. Um, I mean, I kind of hate when people throw that back in our face because even though the world went on with saying that, the process got cut short a long time ago when the NBA forced out the dude who instituted the process in the first place. So we never really got to see it through. Everything after that was new GMs, and it's been several several of them, spitballing with all of the assets that Sam Hinkie lined up for the franchise. Mm-hmm. So in my estimation, the process was cut short and never got to finish. But, you know, other fans, people that wanted to see it fail, they're going to always throw that in the face. Oh, the process was a dud. The process didn't work. The process this. No, yeah, no. Process I, I mean, on listen, by I, I was, I was one of the haters. I, I didn't necessarily want to see it. I didn't want to see it fail but I was very critical, but I will say this, and, 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 uh, and I'm going to get to your boy, the, the big African, because he proved himself to be an African as opposed to an African uh, this, this playoffs. His talent level and his ability, he's a once-in-a-generation talent. So the process worked, even if you're going to say just by virtue of having Joel Embiid, who is a, a top, 10 player in the NBA, the process worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah, I mean, because the draft is a a crapshoot anyway. So you're going to get several good picks. One, maybe two of those picks are going to hit. Some of those picks are going to be duds. Some of them are just going to be bad decisions, like the whole uh, trading Mikel Bridges for Zaire Zaire Smith type thing. Um, Joel was a crazy hit. He wasn't even the first pick of the draft. He was the third pick of the draft. He fell mainly because of the injuries. Since they were in the middle mm-hmm. of trying to be trash anyway, that suited them. That was cool with them. Like three of their first-round picks sat out their first years because they were trying to lose anyway. So it's like, okay, we got them in the stash. <laughs> They'll play when they play. Same thing happened to Nerlens Noel. Same thing happened to, uh, to Ben Simmons. But what I think, where I think, the GMs after Hinky definitely failed was mm-hmm. like, I really do think like people clown taking it to the NFL. Now people clown Nick Sirianni for the little games that he has potential draft prospects play. And, but there's a method to his madness. He's trying to see where your competitive, competitive edge is. He's trying to see where your head is. You know what I'm saying? People clown it. Oh, he in here playing tic-tac-toe and shooting free throws and playing rock, paper, scissors. He's trying to see if he's sitting here whooping your ass in something because he's making sure he's good at it before he plays with you. He's trying to see how how you react. While everybody's sitting there clowning him, the Sixers could use Nick Sirianni in their damn franchise because how many uber-talented mental midgets have the Sixers drafted Nick, during this quote Nick, Nick, Nick Sirianni is trying to find <laughs> Jimmy Butler. That's right. He's done. trying to find mentally tough players, and there's a method to it. And while everybody sits and clown things because they only look at things surface level, the Sixers are a great example of why you need to institute these type of things when you're going through your little draft process. Sixers had, like, Ben Simmons is one of the most talented basketball players 
the, the league has probably seen. Mental midget. Even though he had a legit in injury, it got to his head. Markel Fultz, mental midget. Like, <laughs> even Joel Embiid, to a certain extent, like he can talk a good game, he can go out there and punish you, but when the when when it's all when the chips fall and your back's against the wall, he's still a part of this generation. It's gonna be difficult to find that in this generation. He didn't win an award that he coveted all season and then, you know, the very next game he turned into a whole different player because he was upset. Yo, somebody who was mentally tough would have did their sulking at home, might have punched the TV like you said you were tempted to do earlier today, B, and would have came to that arena and gave out 60 or, or, or died trying. <laughs> but there's nobody like that in the Sixers organization. The only person that's like that, they let him go, and he just he just finished leading the team to, to beating them in the second round. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Uh, how, do, how do you feel? looking at Jimmy Butler do that. And you know what? I'm going to give Joel – so so the bull – so the bull uh, Harden, he's a he's a, he's an F-boy bisexual. In he my book. So he's unredeemable. He's unredeemable. And these are the views of me, not necessarily my colleague. My I'm glad colleague. you're saying that because I want to ask you about that. Har- okay. Harden is an F-boy bisexual. He doesn't care about winning. He cares about his individual stats that allow him to go to whatever strip club is in the area and pull IG thoughts and dances. But we're talking about Joel. Joel actually issued a cry for help. Joel Embiid, and this is why I give him a little bit of respect, Joel loved Jimmy Butler. Joel wants an old head that's old school, that he can lean on, that can show him the way, that can get him where he needs. He doesn't right. want to be Cat or Wiggins. He right. wants that. He just doesn't know how to self-inspire or bring it about. He's looking for it. He and is. And you know, because you know why Jimmy Butler was ultimately let go? Because Ben Simmons felt threatened by that. Whereas Joel was like, yo, that's what we need on our team. Ben Simmons felt threatened by that. So they had to appease him, and now he's no longer here, and Jimmy's sitting around, you know. I mean, what he said had truth to it, but it wasn't as simple as a they chose Tobias over me. They didn't choose Tobias over you because they were saying, oh, Tobias is better. Let's let him, you know, let's keep him instead. It was a, yo, Jimmy being here is not good for Ben Simmons and his fragile ego. So Yo, you're gonna have to just pay Tobias and let Jimmy go. So, never, so it wasn't as simple as he I never really like, thought about he put it. Tobias this way. out there, and I don't really think that was fair to Tobias. But I never, I never really thought about it this way. But what you're really saying is, not only is Ben Simmons a band because, okay, I don't want to shoot, I don't want to play basketball. I'd rather come to the arena and look nice. I chase IG thoughts. I let I let women poop in my mouth. All of those things. Not only that, but he cost us Jimmy Butler. Is that what you're saying? He caught. He's the reason. 
it's you know pretty much documented because you know late in games jimmy was the the facilitator the ball was in his hands and that with ben simmons being a non not even a non-shooter a non not willing to shoot like it takes him completely out of the game so when jimmy was there doing his thing like that late in games ben was just floating off not helping anybody unless he was you know being up so yeah they, they there was a lot of stuff written about him feeling some type of way about that so he wasn't as happy about having jimmy there as joel and b was you know like you said joel and b was looking for a pop <laughs> yeah he was looking and, for he was looking for an older brother he was looking so for with uncle, all of that being said and with that in mind Maury said he has giant plans to add a third star to the Sixers this offseason. So third star, you know, would be in addition to Joel Embiid and the aforementioned James Harden. Is there any way in your in, in your mind that Maury can justify, because he still has the year that, you know, he can either opt in or opt out for his last year. If he opts in, he gets $46 million, something like that. His plan always was to grab that Supermax. Is there anything that would justify Maury giving his boy a Supermax deal at this point in his career? Not. Not even at this not, point in his career, because usual, usual legends, yeah, at this point in his career, you still got – a max contract in you. But from what you've seen from Harden lately, can can it be justified? No, on a couple levels. And I'm going to give you two roads, two forks, a fork in the road, two pathways to walk down. Either one results in a destitute Sixers cupboard, disappointed fandom, and Harden being a hitch-ass thing. Option one, falling off because of hard drinking, hard hard living, no sleep, cooler chasing, and not <laughs> taking care of his body has put him in a position where at 32, he's actually 42. That's option one. Option two, which is worse for us, is he's the anti-Jimmy Butler. He just really doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. And he was pouting. So here's the thing. There are thoughts that he was pouting because the perimeter players on the Sixers didn't force the ball back to him. He's cool with Embiid shooting, but he wanted those shots that Maxi had. He wanted those shots that Tobias, I don't know whether Tobias had them or not, but he I wanted the ball. To, I, I don't buy that, that one it, just because okay. I just watched James Harden does not be able to blow by people like he used to. Like, he just seemed like he just uh, – maybe it's the hamstring. I'm praying as a Sixers fan that it's the hamstring and he can, you know, get right over the summer. But there's no way to justify him getting a Superman. Yeah. I'm all for Harden remaining on the team with if, if he can take a pay cut. If, if you have plans to put another superstar on this team, then – Dude's going to have to play ball if he thinks this is his best chance and final chance to win a ring. Now, what I've been hearing, you know, there's still a lot on the front of trading for Bradley Beal, who also, you know, 
had a di- diesel deal. Is going to be commanding another diesel deal. Um, the latest I heard, though, Tobias Harris, because that contract will do a lot to match Tobias Harris, and of course they they want you to throw Maxi into that. And I'm like, I'm I'm not of the of the camp where there's no way possible that you know Maxi can be included in a trade. I'm of the camp that, okay, no, I'd rather not do that, so try your best to keep him. But at the same time, like, to be 100% honest with you, at least right now, and he's young and has a lot of time to improve other facets of his game, right now Maxie is pretty much one-dimensional. Let, let's, say, mm-hmm. let's say if we're getting – if we're breaking it all the way down, let's say two-dimensional, you know, he can blow by you, drive to the hole. And he can shoot a three-pointer now. He doesn't really have moves off the dribble yet. He's not that good of a defender. But I see effort. I do see the effort there. So, so that could get better. And he can't, he and he can't really pass. be a good defender. And he's not a playmaker at all. He's not a point guard. At all. You know what I'm saying? So people are like, you know, you just got to get the talent. Don't worry about lineups and this and that. But with – with a lineup of Embiid, Harden, and and um, what's, what's the dude we just talking about <laughs> from Washington? Tobias or Max? No, from from Washington. Bradley oh, Beal. Brad Beal. Bradley Beal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With all the money that that would take off of your cap, like what would they be able to put around those guys? Because the bench is already a weakness of the Sixers already. That's why I'm of the mindset like, yo, even if you're going after Bills, there are a way that you can package Tobias, Shake Milton, you know, somebody else that has a little bit of value on that bench and then keep Maxie oh, yeah. if Brad, and if make Brad, Maxie the sixth man Brad, of the year. You know what I'm saying? If Brad Beal comes, Maxie and Tobias are gone. Tobias because of the money. And that's what I'm saying. Maxie but if Maury has talent. anything in him that can keep Maxi, it's like that that gets rid of a lot of your bench problems because you can have 16 to 20 points a night off of your bench. So that takes a lot of pressure off of the other guys on the bench, you know, to add to those numbers. Even though I'm not saying you don't go around and look for some guys on the cheap that can help you on the bench, that's a little better than what you got. But I'm like, okay, if you want to add a third star, whatever. But you got to find a way to keep Maxi and make him the sixth man of the year. You know what I mean? It's my thought on the situation. But I'm also gotcha. not gotcha. of I'm not of this, the, the, the mindset that you have to go out and get another star. You don't need a big three. You don't need three people – maxing out your whole salary cap. Sixers were a decent team. If they get a little deeper on the bench, get a little more shooting, instead of giving one player that, you can give three or four players what Bradley Beal would be getting paid and you'll you'll probably be in the same if not a better you wanna, position. You'll be in a better position you, because you won't be an injury away from being ass again. You, you wanna go and get like a buddy like a buddy healed type. Yeah, that, like that type. Yeah. Somebody that's not killing your cap. You know what I'm saying? 
But even even if you're not thinking about just a one, like if you can get two cats, you know what I mean? That can that can that can add to your debt. Both of them. No, I'm assuming. To be I'm assuming if you get that, Buddy able to start. I'm assuming if you get Buddy healed, you can get a lineup. second a second player of equal ilk. You can get two with a Buddy heel. Right, but Buddy is not a max player, but he's also not. You know what I'm saying? He he's also not cheap. That's what I'm saying. He, he also mm. ain't cheap. So, gotcha. I mean, that's that's just my thoughts on them, man. Um, we've seen people try to. I mean, he Buddy Hill. He signed a four-year, ninety-four million dollar extension before the start of the season. Well, I'm sorry. Who started before the start of the 2020 season? So he's up, you know, again soon. Mm. So. He's going to want too much. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to want more than that now. I'm not going to max Buddy Heald out by, by any means, you know, any any means whatsoever. But he's he's going to be a restricted – he's going to be an unrestricted free agent going into the 2024 season. Um, crazy thing about his contract is it gets less expensive in 2021, 2020, 2021 – he was at twenty four million. Uh last season he was at twenty two point four. This season he was at twenty and a half. Um next season he'll be at well, twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, he'll be at eighteen point five. So hmm, that's interesting. Somebody setup. was smart. I about to say somebody was smart with his with his setup because usually, especially when you're a superstar, which he is not you kind of demand it to be the other way around because you know as you fall off, <laughs> you want those checks to go up so you can get more for doing less. Um, Buddy Hill's agent appears to be trash. Um, all right, so, I mean, that's enough about these bones, the second-round sixes. Uh, the NBA, the conference finals are underway now. We In the West, you got the Warriors, 3C Warriors, leading the four-seed Mavericks, one games to nothing. In the East, you got the one-seed Heat, leading the two-seed Celtics, uh, one game to nothing. Does Dallas, in your mind, coming off the, the big upset series win against the number one seed in Phoenix, do you give them a chance against Golden State? Mm, no, I got, gold, I got Golden State. I got Golden State taking this in six. I, six. I do think. I think the firepower is different. The matchup is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, the, the people that are supporting the Mavericks aren't being realistic about what Golden State is at the other mm-hmm. positions. Like defensively, they have what uh, I guess what what, what are people that the lineup of death? They can go. Draymond, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, Clay, uh, and there's somebody else in there, not Steph, but somebody else of equal size where everybody is between 6'6 and 6'8 or 6'9, and they can switch everything. They're all basically the same player defensively, and they can all match up with Luka. So I think you've got that. That's before we even get to the offensive piece because offensive um, pull Jordan pull offensively. Are you stopping Curry? Are you stopping Clay? Are you stopping Pool? And then Wiggins 
Not all at the same time. Somebody had a bad behold, night, and, but they got too much other stuff. And you plan, and you plan, you plan. You're basically playing Luca, like and and Brunson is way, 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 way better than his dad. And I and think you'll see something. And dumb. That's what I keep telling people. Like, and they had, they had, a, they had, you know, what they did to finish off. They were great, but I'm still thinking if you got a team where your second and third best players are Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dumb Lady, as we call them, yeah, as you good know, as we think they effing. are, you're in trouble. If those are yo, that players. ain't that ain't effing that ain't effing with with Curry and Clay. Let's go ahead and call Clay uh, 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 an All Star and Hall of Famer. He, he's on the way back. Poole, who we've agreed is actually at this point better than Clay. And then you got Wiggins, who, you know, I, I've never been a Wiggins fan. I don't think you have either. But as your fourth option, I understand what he's he made an all-star team as a fourth option, putting up 20 a game. And defensively, with all that athleticism that he has, yo, the ball came on in, in an interview and said, yeah, uh, so during the game, I just – I don't get tired. <laughs> and he's the type of dude – I've never, ever, ever questioned his talent. He's yeah. one of those dudes that's dogless. <laughs> he ain't got the dog in him. Uh, he is purely um, cat. <laughs> no pun intended. Bars. So, so, yeah. I mean, I know what he can do because even – like, all the criticism that he's taken in his career – Yo, he's been taking that criticism while averaging like 20 to 24 points a game. Mm-hmm. So that's how much talent we think you have. If we calling you, and I'm not saying we, I'm talking about everybody. If people are calling you ass when you consistently average 20 to 24 points a game, that just shows what you should be doing if you had it, in, yeah. you know, if you had it in you to do it. So, so, so like Wiggins all that could being be a said, 30 point per score, you know, per game score if he was. You know, if he if he had pit bull in him, but he don't. All, all that all that said, bro. Listen, the Mavs, man, it's been a great run. Y'all some y'all some good dudes, yo. I, I hate the Luca and Larry Bird comparison, um, but you know, boy is is, is super tough. I mean, I I I, I know why you say that because you know it's always early for stuff, but it's boy, a, it's early. Type amazing. He, he don't. He, he's amazing. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm a fan. And I don't know but his how. Game, that's why. That's his how game I'm don't him. remind me of Larry. Like, the way he gets it done is different than the way Larry got yeah. it done. Now, they Nobody, both not he, athletic. The crazy part is, he, he's not even as athletic as Larry Bird. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't understand how Luca Yo. gets off his turtle shit every night. He's not even as athletic as Larry Bird. And that's disrespectful that's to hard to be that's, that's hard to hard. be in the nba and and it's not the same type of confidence because i don't think i've ever seen a player in the nba that had the same type of arrogant confidence as larry bird and i'm talking you know it, it was different with mike different with kobe it's a different kind i mean they knew like you're at my mercy type stuff but larry was just disrespectfully Comment. Disrespectful with Luca has a just, level. Just, I don't know if you saw him laughing at Phoenix as he was giving them buckets. Yeah, like yeah, but it's not the Larry Bird type of thing. So I mean, of course, the the, the comparisons are going to come because he's white 
he's slow. He's he's non-athletic. Mm-hmm. But I see them more with him than I saw the comparisons with Dirk. Dirk to me is nothing like Larry Bird. Luca oh, to yeah. me is a little bit like Larry Bird. So they're just gonna look for anybody white and tall that can shoot. But the thing with Luca, the why why I think he's closer to the comparison than Dirk is because. He's just not out there shooting or just with his back to the back. So like Luca can do a lot, and you just don't yeah, know how. But he's going off the dribble. He's backing you down. Smaller defenders are at his mercy. <laughs> I, I I don't know. So, but but no, none of these dudes are Larry. I you know me. I still think Larry's the greatest small forward to ever play the game. Um, many people <laughs> think that's blasphemous, but I, I, I agree. That's, that's just what I think. Um, so on the other side of things, uh, the Heat and the Celtics, because the Celtics came into this thing as one of the, you know, the hotter teams in the NBA. I think a lot of people were picking them to win this series because of the manner of how they've won lately, you know, versus what the Heat are doing. The Heat are just steady. They're deep as a team. Um, I actually think it hurt the Sixers in that series that Kyle Lowry got hurt because you're bringing dudes like Gabe Vincent off the bench that are way more athletic than Kyle Lowry right now, way harder to guard than Kyle Lowry. With Kyle Lowry, it's like get a hand up because the only thing he can do to hurt you is shoot a three, and he was off most of the time. So when he's off, he's not really helping anybody because he can't defend with the, you know, the hamstring was tweaked. He couldn't really defend anybody. So – Miami goes into this series, takes the 1-0 lead. And another thing about these playoffs, man, it's been a lot of lopsided games. Um, yeah. A lot of lopsided games. So the Heat take the lopsided all three, win in all game three, one. No D. Oh. Right. So, so, so what do you think about this series? You think, are you leaning towards the Celtics even being down 1-0? Or are you a believer in the Heat? I'm leaning. No, I'm leaning towards the Celtics. Um, I, I root. For I root for Jimmy and what he stands for because, like Mike, Mike would never claim him, but you know he's he, he he's he's an illegitimate grandson type of guy mentality wise. Um, so I, I really love what he represents and brings to the table. But if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart is injured. They say with that foot injury, but if they get it going, he he can't he can't stop them. Victor Oladipo is a very 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 dark horse wild card. Potentially, he might not be of any value, but if he you know he was able to come back this year and score forty in a game, he's got something in the tank. If he can add to the mix a little bit. Mm. Yeah, he, he's another who's getting better every game. And before we go any further, every let game, me just yeah. some of the, the comments from um, Skyview in the chat room back to some of our other con, uh, conversations. Sure. He was asking, did Drew start out, when we were talking about the Sixers drafting mental midgets, did Drew start out as a mental midget? Um, he said the whole team was pouting. I, Drew never was, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying, like, Nah, because Drew was like the first one they started getting rid of when they were like, all right, we're just tearing this whole thing down. 
But he's asking I about Drew, Drew Holiday. Played with a level of confidence in himself. Um, of course, it took time to build to what he is now, but I never thought Drew was. I kind of thought, uh, what was the dude from Duke, the big man, who it really Nerland wasn't. Noel. No, 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 no. Duke, not, he's from Kentucky. The, oh, um, yeah. <sighs> Yo, we are getting The dude old. from Duke that, that <laughs> fell out of the league. He had but all the that reason, offense. But you know what? But you know why? Because we crossed that line when he was drafted. We crossed that line of back to the basket, big men. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a rim runner, so he just got drafted at the wrong time in history. Um, Okafor, thanks, Gavio. Um, Okafor, yeah. Yeah, he he just kind of like they just weren't looking for big men like him anymore. Like he was traditional traditional type big man so 10 years earlier <laughs> even before that like he would have been nice in the nba but yeah um scott you also said in all fairness harden's mentor is Harden mentors maxi um which was probably harden's greatest value that's a that's a, that's a problem what are you talking about <laughs> No, but, but I mean, Maxi, you saw Maxi get better every game. And Skyview even says that. He says, y'all know I'm a Maxi stan, but this take is strictly objective. Maxi is a sponge. He learns every game. Um, I agree with that. Than James. I agree with that stance wholeheartedly. Because it's not, you know, you see him talking to um, James Harden a lot, but you also see him talking to Sam Cassell a lot. You know what I'm saying? So you can tell that. He's learning, and he does improve from game to game. Now, of course, being young, being in his second year and breaking through, you knew at some point he was going to start having inconsistent games in the playoffs. He still fell under that cliche a little bit where you say, all right, well, the role players, you know, aren't going to play that great on the road. You can depend on them at home. He fell into that a little bit, but – I don't I don't have any problem with with what Maxi is going to become. Um there was another trade proposal out there for I think it was like Tobias and Shake for um um Colin Sexton from Cleveland. But I'm like, uh so basically you're saying Tobias and Shake for Maxi Colin Sexton is pretty much another maxi, but a little bit, um, and shout out to, to Miz in our chat, a little bit more selfish. I think he's like maxi with a little bit more moves, a little bit more with his handle, but not as quick. But they're the same thing. Like, Colin Sexton is not really that much of a playmaker. He just has a point guard's, you know, body, but he's a scorer. So it's like, nah, we don't need another Maxi, especially somebody who's going to have to get paid before Maxi. So I don't really like that, uh, that deal either. Um, Scott, you also said, I want no parts of Donovan Mitchell. Speaking of selfish, I, I, I don't, I don't want no parts of Donovan Mitchell either. Um, so back to the Celtics series. Are you, so you're picking the Celtics to win this? How many games? Yeah, Celtics and seven. Celtics and seven. I think this one would definitely go seven, and I lean towards the Celtics as well. Um, 
man, Jason Tatum is everything we wanted Markel Fultz to be and more. And it's a damn shame. But um, in, big, in the first game, they were missing Big Al, Al Horford, who had a couple of great games in the Milwaukee series, was out under the, the safety protocol, the health and safety protocol. So hopefully that doesn't come back to start biting teams, especially this late in the playoffs, man, because um, they definitely needed yeah. him for that game one. Um, I still can't, for some reason, bring myself to believe in the heat. And as Jimmy says, I'm going to say that, and then they're going to be hoisting O'Brien trophy, and I'm still going to be like, yo, I don't believe in the heat. But I understand why mm-hmm. the heat are good. The heat are extremely well coached, um, even though they don't have, you know, top, Tier superstars in the league, they got stars who are willing to do the dirty work on both sides of the, the court. Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, you know, these are all two-way players, and they got the sixth man of the year in Tyler Hero. They're just deep. You can have um, a guy like Kyle Lowry go out and it not really affect you. Then you got a former all-star and Oladipo, like you talked about, B, coming off your bench. So, I can see why they are where they are at the moment, but I just can't see them being the champs this year. So I'm 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 saying with you, leaning towards the Celtics in six. I'd rather see the Heat win than the Celtics. I'm just giving you my pick, not my you know, my rooting interest. Gotcha. All right, so our stat of the week, both of them, and our quote of the week all revolves around pretty much the same topic, the same player. So we're gonna talk a little bit about Especially the quote. The stats, the Phoenix Suns, last two playoff appearances, they are 4-0 and versus teams missing a star player, but they are 0-2 versus healthy teams. So that stat kind of tells you that Phoenix being as good as they have been in the last two playoffs was kind of like they caught light, lightning in a bottle because their matchups were a little different than they would have been had the other team's been full strength. It's a part of the game. you got to play who they put in front of you, beat who they put in front of you. But sometimes teams go on a roll and they get lucky like that, kind of like the, the Toronto Raptors did when they won the chip. You get lucky. Um, it, it takes a little bit of luck. Luck is needed. That's not the part I want to talk about. We know, you know we're still trying to believe in Phoenix as a, as a league powerhouse. We're still trying to see if Devin Booker is really that type of superstar we're trying to see if Chris Paul is still, you know, Chris Paul. But that has a lot to do where we're going with this. Stat of the, another stat of the week. Chris Paul becomes the first player to blow five 2-0 leads in the best of seven series. So, Patrick Beverly of the world champion Minnesota Timberwolves, because you all remember how they celebrated, you know, yeah, they getting won the in, world. They getting won in the, the world. playing game as if they just won, you know, a gold medal or the O'Brien trophy. So Patrick Beverly of the world champion Minnesota Timberwolves made the rounds as an analyst on ESPN the other day. Started on Get Up and was on First Take, was on Sports Center. But the the most scathing, like he he was going in on Chris Paul. But as we know, they have some personal animosity between them. So you're not surprised that he feels the way that he did. But you're kind of surprised at the levels 
that he was willing to go to in disrespecting this man. And our quote of the week comes from that, and we're going to talk about this for a few minutes. Um, quote of the week. <laughs> All right, B, before I tell you the quote, let me give you some context. He was talking about Chris Paul basically saying, like, well, you know, he gets the benefit of the calls. He hacks people, doesn't get called. Um, people get phantom calls against him when he plays, this and that. So he's basically saying Chris Paul has always been a little bit overrated, but because of his status and stature in the league, he gets a little more that helps him with his game. Then he went on to say the quote of the week, which was, he can't guard nobody. Everybody in the NBA knows that. What do we call him? Cone. You know what you do with cones. In the summertime, you got a cone. You make a move. What does the cone do? Nothing. He's like, y'all need to give him that same Ben Simmons slander that y'all gave him last year. Yo, he called this dude a cone on defense. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, I'm documented. I think we all are. We're documented on this program for the last 11 and a half years of saying, okay, I think Chris Paul is grossly overrated as a defender. Nine all NBA. Um, he's, all he's, he's, over, he's always been grossly overrated, too. But listen, that's always. what I'm saying. Nine all, nine all defensive teams, seven first-team all-defensive teams, and he basically got that off virtue of being the steals leader six times. Allen Iverson was the steal leader three times, never made a defensive team in his life, nor should he have. I'm not saying in his entire career Chris Paul shouldn't have been on one of the defensive teams, but seven first-team all-defense you know, I always thought he was overrated as a defender, and one-on-one wasn't really that good of a defender in the first place. But B, and I know you agree, because like, we're documented, like I said. Do you agree with Patrick Beverly? Cone? Is that legit? Do you, have you thought Chris um, was Cone, or do you think it got personal so, there and so, he was exaggerating a bit? So in me so in me answering this, do you want me to leave it um oh, that reserved <laughs> do you want me to leave it reserved to just this particular comment or can I expand on Patrick Beverly's round table, round oh, robin no, no. appearance? Yeah, no, no, we're go talk about it. Kate do the visceral so, ball. And I don't think all of it was out of line. I don't even think calling Chris Paul a not-so-good defender is out of line. What I'm trying to get yeah, is no, no. To people no, no, no. who feel like that, who it, agree it, with it, us about his defensive prowess, do you agree to do listen, this cone? I'm trying to think l- of some listen. examples of some cones in the NBA. James Harden it, it, it's, has always been a cone. James player. Harden's a cone. <laughs> um, Vince Carter has been a cone in various times in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Davis was a cone <laughs> Most people don't know who that is But he was a cone um, Glenn Robinson was a cone <laughs> Big dog He was, he, he was a dog. cone um, Mello Was Mello quite a cone? He wasn't quite a cone Yeah cause Mello Is you know he would not smack the, the floor and get angry. Not in the post, at least. Post. Right? You bring Melo to the top of the key and he smack the floor and act like he about to do something. You going by Melo. Um, Luca's a cone. Luca's a cone. 
Luca's a cone perimeter-wise. Um, in today's NBA, when you're switching everything and you're trying to get guards on big men, um, the MVP is a cone. <laughs> but Chris Paul, subjectively or not, you know, nine-time all-defensive team, like, can it even be possible for him to be a cone? I know once you make those, you start making them just off reputation. No, um, Kobe was a hell of a defender in his career, but he probably made at least one first team all defensive team that he wasn't that that he shouldn't have made. Once LeBron got a reputation, he made probably one or two all defensive teams that he shouldn't have made. The crazy part about LeBron is his reputation didn't keep taking him though. Like people don't think of LeBron as a good defender anymore. Some people take that all the way to the end. And they didn't let, you know, LeBron, it's too egregious at times. Um, shit, LeBron's been a cone the last two years. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think right, I don't but, think but let's historically go back to Chris, Paul. Chris Paul, I don't think historically Chris Paul has been that bad. I think he's been grossly overrated. I'd say at best he's a, he's a – I think against good guards with great handles, he's been a crash dummy, but not a cone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's been yeah, victim I can see of a crash. He's been victim of Kyrie. Yeah, I've, 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 but he and and in order and, and funny enough, tried. in order to be a crash, in order to be a crash dummy, that means you have to have tried. Yeah, cones you don't have even to try. Yeah, crash dummies yeah. at least cones they in don't the car. try. Cones don't even. They in the car. They 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 there for doing what they're supposed to do. They trying. <laughs> they offer resistance, even if that resistance makes them look foolish. Um. <laughs> This was a personal attack. So let me let me say this, right? It's funny, man. We 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 must if nothing else be objective because it's a part of our brand. Patrick Beverly is a noodle. Patrick Beverly is a corny dude. He's definitely a hater. <laughs> and he's a hater. And he is certainly a hater. Cuz in the same show, he was copping please for however, Harden. Speaking However, nicely of Kyrie, eviscerating Chris Paul. Well, viscerate, speaking nicely of Kyrie, no, not only that. No, 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 no. He put together a PowerPoint presentation defense of James Harden and why James Harden is a max player right now today. And it all max, centered around 22. Super, 10 he and said super duper. Super max. 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 No, yeah. no, no, no. He, no. Said that. he said super duper max. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah he he's did. saying he's more than a Supermax player. More than a Supermax player. So, it to him. He deserved it. That that being that being said, he's corny, he's a noodle, um, but he is entertaining, if nothing else, than for the emotion that he stirs, which is the same thing he does on a basketball court with other professional players. He's an irritant. His manner of communicating is irritating. It makes it makes people hate him and want to argue with him. Quiet is kept. There were points of analysis where um, he made a lot of sense and made a lot of great points. He, he's intelligent, but he yeah, goes out on a limb and that was says definitely dumb nice. shit. Because I'm like, I'm glad you actually have somebody here that's willing to be honest with their thoughts. But he, he took it too far. It definitely was too personal. far. 
And and you know it takes a lot for us to say in a sports conversation that somebody hates highest, but he was highest ratings hating Disney and I didn't even like the hate didn't even come time. from me until you saw him defending the folks that he was defending. So it's like you you're you kind of lost integrity with that where you're saying Chris Paul is nothing and this and that, but then you lost you lost your credibility. He was your former you teammate. Lost your credibility. Yeah. I also think Patrick Beverly sees. Some I, he sees a fit for himself, so he's trying to yeah. get on James's yeah. good side. He, he, he damn he's near that money he up. damn near put his resume out to the Sixers, in my opinion. Like not even just then when he was talking wherever he was talking at before that. Um, before that he was either on a podcast or or, or somewhere where he was talking about. James Harden again, but talking about the Sixers, and it really sounded like he was talking about Doc. He was uh, uh, bigging Doc up, so it really sounded to me like he sees a fit, and he's going for it. Like he's using these platforms yeah. as a job interview um, to possibly mm-hmm. land something. But he still has a year left. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Skyview. He's like yo. He called CP3 a cone. Yo, I was saying that all day. Like yo, he called that man a cone. It doesn't get more disrespectful than that. Um. And the the fact is, he said, a lot of people in the NBA said, so even if that is the conversation, you know, they're supposed to have a little brotherhood, the fraternity. He's not supposed to be out there talking about what's being said in the locker room. Few people came out and went at his head in defense of Chris Paul. Dame Lillard was one of them. Um, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Barnes was one of them. Danny Green was one of them. Um, so some people came out and, and spoke in his defense. And even on the broadcast while he was on there disrespecting Chris Paul, J.J. Reddick was, you know, objectively saying and, – and he's the one that called him on what sounded like a little bit of hypocrisy. Like, okay, in the same breath, all day, all morning, you've been killing Chris Paul, but you're going to sit here with a straight face and tell us that James Harden is a, is a Supermax player. Like, he's like, you know – you kind of can't take what you're saying seriously right now because you're trying to have it both ways. Um, but that, that, that's interesting in itself. But let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias waiting on the phone line out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide. Your man Saban has been getting you know trashed in the in the media lately. Hold up. Hey, all how I you going to defend? How you going to defend the KKK all the way? Hey, man. All I gotta say is blame John John uh, John Lewis for that good, for that good trouble. If it weren't for him, I'll be I'll be a big a big Alabama State Hornets fan. Thank thank John Lewis. Uh, you know, if it weren't for him integrating lunch counter, I won't be an Alabama fan right now. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but uh, I'll watch this right. So you be telling me Texas A and M spent all that money this year to just playing the Liberty Bowl this year before in the game before Christmas. Good job, guys. Uh, but what happens is a lot of times, like my Twitter blew up people getting on me, I was like, look, with NIL, it still takes the NCAA off the hook because the NCAA is not paying the players. They just leaving that to boosters and stuff like that. So that means the rich are still getting richer. It's still not going to uh, create parity, even though Alabama been winning national titles since the 20s, but that's either here or there. But uh, – but so the school, so the NCA ain't paying the players, which they should be doing. The NCA tournament makes all these billions. They still ain't paying the players. 
So what? So NIL is is cool, but it's also a trick bag at the same time. And and like he shouldn't have said Deion Sanders' name because we know Hotel Twitter and Third Eyes like they watched Doctor Strange go come out of nowhere, even though they they donated one dime to HBCU. But that's either here nor there. Uh, but when Deion said we don't have we should have, we have to pay our players to play with people like them, I'm like, well, my son getting a hundred k to go to school, he ain't going to yours for free, buddy. <laughs> it's like the black hookup thing. And but at the same time, Dion's done a good job with transfers or D one transfers. And Florida State should have hired him at the beginning. But I just think that uh every time people Saban says something, and by the way that, that speech he made, he was saying that in Birmingham, Alabama, in front of the Alabama Booster Club. And it was pretty much him saying, Hey fellas, we need some more money here. So it ain't like he said this in, like, uh, Tennessee or New York City. So he kind of speaking to his audience there. And, by the way, with Jimbo Fisher, you remember that was a black coach, Kevin Sumlin, before him, right? Y'all remember that correctly? Yes, sir. Jimbo ain't done no better than him. But, yeah, he keep getting pay raises. All right, make that make sense. And, B, also, your son has a soccer scholarship with his name on Alabama. I talked to my people. They'll, 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 they'll have that Hellcat charger in your house waiting on you. What's up, B? You taking that or not? <laughs> no. Hey, no, we no. hey, complimentary white girl, too, no. by the way. My nephew no. skipped no. in college. We going, mom college. We, going to, we going to the pros. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> He's going to be in the pros at 14. Freddie. I know. Freddie. No, no but, Freddie. Yeah, but y'all tried to hit. But y'all talk about the uh, playoffs and stuff. It's like here, Phoenix. Phoenix is melted down. No pun intended. Hundred degrees right now. But I was saying, remember, I was saying this during the Pelican series. Phoenix only got one dude that get his own shot, and that's Book. Dallas mm-hmm. actually has three guys that get their own shot. And so Dallas just trapped Book the whole time those last couple of games, and we know only by three or four light skinned dudes can dribble in the league uh, for some reason. Is, I don't even think Booker is like. Even top tier at doing that. No, he ain't. And, uh, and and it's like with Golden State, of course, it's ain't the same Golden State team the years past. But their playing style hurts Dallas because Dallas is the slowest team in the league, and because they got slow poke Rodriguez at point guard. And uh, and so once you play fast, all that moving around Golden State does. They are constant motion, and they it, they it's Dallas is predicated on shooting threes. When your legs are gone, you ain't hitting no shots. And uh, and you can't hide Luka because, unlike Aiden, Kevin Looney, of course, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he plays with force. Draymond going to play with force. Because, like, you hear all these tiny people talk, well, you can't play center today because it's small ball. The problem is most of these centers today cannot punish the small lineup. So you mean to tell me you got a King Olajuwon, Shaq, these guys, you put a small lineup on them, yeah, you may have a pick and roll and a switch, but guess what? You got to guard them on the other end. And you think Maxi Kleber is going to do anything with those guys? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why we're living in the era, like you said, of, of small ball and switch everything. Because you don't have bigs that are willing to punish people for doing so. Yeah. Oh, y'all going to yeah. be small? Punishment. Are y'all going to switch the little dude on me? Punishment. How oh, better yet? Why are we switching big dudes on Luca on on these guards? Because I remember like at that last the last year LeBron played the Warriors, he had that fifty piece. Why are we switching David West on LeBron? Why are we let this happen? Yo, and it's like it, these teams are giving up the advantages. 
because it's not a personal. It don't matter who has the ball. It's just it's 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 just silly strategy. They're switching everything, and it doesn't even really have to be a pick set. If somebody walks in your area, people are changing defenders. They're changing who they're defending. I'm like, I don't understand it. Like, at what year and who sat down and said, this is the best thing for basketball? Switch everything. It'll work. Like, who says that? Because all I see, especially at the end of games, when it's time for somebody, a star to play hero ball, they're going to make sure the person with the weakest defender comes up and sets the screen for them so they can switch, and then they can just do their thing. So I was like, I don't understand why this became the thing to do and why coaches haven't adjusted against it yet. Like, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, because Candace Parker will tell us that. Well, because they talk to these guys shoot threes so well. Like, these guys aren't that great three-point shooters. They just take a lot of them. And guess what? If, if Dorian Finney-Smith hit 12 threes on me, God bless him. <laughs> I'm not going to have Luca go against campaign, <laughs> you know, uh, free and will. And, uh, Shoot, Luca going against Chris like, oh, oh, yeah, B also a love this one. I think I shared this in the group chat. There are people on Twitter with a straight face saying, after four years, Luca's better than Mike. <laughs> they are going nuts with this. Uh, yeah, I'm, not addri- I'm not addressing that. Yeah, yeah I was like, people. Y'all get ahead of yourselves with this guy. And, uh, and I think Nick Wright replaced going to replace LeBron with Luka here. And, and like, the one thing I was saying that helped him against Phoenix also is a sports group man, a bad fan got mad at me. I said, I'm not hating on Luka. I said, let Bronson and Dinwiddie dribble, <laughs> you know, because you're you going to wear yourself out if you try to take somebody from the top of the key every single time. And you notice once they start letting them dribble – they play Phoenix better, but I don't think they'll beat Golden State, though, because Golden State has a couple of guys that get their own shot, and plus Wiggins, and plus they can't play Bullock. Dude had one good year, now his name is Bullock. Uh, but uh, but Draymond's a point guard. Steph ain't a point guard, so you ain't going to pressure him 94 feet. And then, like, this next series, Marcus Smart's playing tonight, by the way, and Al Horford's playing tonight, too. Uh I just think that the Marcus Smart being back with Boston helps because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can't dribble. Uh, they got to have somebody set these guys up. And I think that he'll help when they switch from on the Butler because he's a great defender also. And I think right. Boston could win this series still. And, uh, so I'm thinking it could be Boston, Golden State. And I think Boston may actually win it, man. So that means Sully Boy and those guys will have a good day. Uh, but, yeah, so but you got to admit, though, guys, it's been a bad year for I hate the NBA guy. Uh, it's been a good playoff. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of lopsided games in the playoffs. I mean, it's been I some think the good first ones. and second round was good. Yeah, second round has some good ones. First round was great. Uh, I, I feel like the fact that we saw a lot of young players getting the spotlight and LeBron ain't sucking the air out the room. Uh, and I think that you got you got like Ant Man, uh, B. Alton's boy, Ant Man, becoming a household name. Uh, and, and the one thing about making the playoffs, it shows you who best, your players really player are. In class. Yeah, he is, <laughs> yeah. and he's marketable. And now you're seeing that stuff. See these guys that I don't have to work on. You got the Grizzlies that could be a good young team. Uh, even like my Bulls, we we stunk in the playoffs, but you know what you what you got now. How they gonna play? And you better pay Zach. But I touch those six. Y'all talking about them, right? <laughs> That's this guy in my group chat, not my, in my uh, 
my Facebook was like, why are you hating on a black coach? I'm like, dude, how come Sam Cassell and Darvin Ham can't get a shot, but Mike, but Doc Rivers and Mike Brown keep getting shot? How about you get a new blood a shot? But if I'm Philly, y'all talk Bradley Bill, I would see if I could flip Harden for Bill because Harden comes off that year if he opts in. He get yeah. off that year, watch it get that cap space. And there's would, a lot of good you would, clubs. You would see that. You would see yeah. that, but you know damn well Maury ain't doing that. So there's no and, and, and you know what? talking about that. They need to fire Maury. Because mm-hmm. if I was the gym, I would have, if I was the owner, I'd fire Maury. Because he's got Belichick. People hate on Belichick, but he never li- fell in like with his players. Because once you fall in love with your players, you have a hard Done. time letting them go. Yeah, and, but at the same they, time, at the same time, he hasn't done anything that would warrant him being fired. Now, James, now you know while we're talking right now, if we get a breaking news that James Harden got the supermax from the Sixers, then that's a whole different thing because we don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> we don't know what kind of influence he has. Maybe James listens to him. Maybe he's like, "Look, man, I can build championship contender here if you take a pay cut." So you never know what he's he did. Twenty million. Do. So to say to fire him, like I'm not going to say. Like, there's no way right now I would say fire Maury because in a situation where everybody clown like, ah, Ben Simmons ain't playing, he, you know, he ain't even playing, y'all not going to get anything for him. And it got down to them talking about getting three and four bums and a bag of chips for dude. Dude still pulled James Harden for somebody that wasn't even and, playing. And, and also, like you gave up drama and Curry. So, those two are free agents anyway in the year. They may not guarantee those like coming back anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he gave them up and they were on long-term deals. And Both of those dudes could guy. come back if they wanted to. Yeah, Both because they were really – like, They could both come back. Seth and and come I back. think Maxi – and your guy Maxi, I think his destiny is an awesome six-man. No shame in that. Lots of guys made bread off of that. And, uh, and he got some six-man who – some of the best players in NBA history. Yeah, and so, but that's okay. You need that answer to offense Shout off the bench. Shout out to the microwave. Yep. Shout and, out to and, the you know, Shout out to Carl Crawford. Jay Crossover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lou Williams. He probably, he probably hanging him up. Yeah. Y'all notice and, all, and, the, um, all the greatest six men all got good nicknames. Except for Lamar Odom, they call him. Right yeah, and, 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 my, and my last thing is, I know a lot of people. See, see the problem with the NBA draft is there's a lot. These guys come in so young, so you don't really know how they are until a couple years later because they, they don't get that college that experience. Yes, yeah, so, so now you get revisionist Twitter coming out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, they always say, well, you like this guy. Well, I'm like, well, who saw this coming? It's like, who the hell saw Damian Lillard being this this type of player? <laughs> you know, uh you know, and I just think that, like, even, even, like now, Morant, even from what John Morant did in the in the yeah. tournament, most people hadn't heard of John Morant until that tournament. So a lot yeah. of people were like, well, I knew he was going to be that way. You ain't watching play until and, – and it wasn't even in the first round that you watched him play because you had to – he had to get that buzz for you to even tune in to watch his team. You know what I'm saying? You weren't yeah. watching that team, like, because you wanted to watch that team. You heard somebody was cooking. So by the second round, you're like, oh, let me let me see what this dude. And about. they got whooped by Florida State. I remember that. And right. like, here's the one. And like, everybody's telling me like they knew. I ain't say John Moran's hey. name all year that year, but y'all all knew. It's like, 
Now, we know Luca's great. Everybody's killing things, taking eight, and I'm like, but why aren't y'all killing the Sacramento Kings for taking Bagley's? That's my thing. <laughs> it's like, why are y'all killing them? Well, uh, to be fair, Sacramento, you know, they kill yeah, themselves. And then, Trey, Trey Young. Kill. Nobody <laughs> thinks about Sacramento. That might be the, the, the case right yeah, there. It didn't like, about Sacramento. It didn't like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Trey Young guy, but people talk about him like he a scrub. Now, he'll be a better three-point shooter if he stop taking logo threes. But this guy dropping like 28 and 10 plus assists a night. He did his – he did, he did with Luka about... as far as leadership. He led his team to where Luka's led his team so far this year. So he kind of yeah. did it first. I... But, I mean, you always say that. I mean, you ask me, I'm still taking Luka right now. Yeah, I, I would take him, but he's, but he's not trained like a bum. Well, go ahead, be all I mean, for me, when you got – Two devastating play. I'm always going to take the bigger player. You know, yeah, yeah. Outside, and, and we've seen we've seen Trey have some 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 success in the playoffs, but I wouldn't call it sustained success. Do y'all do y'all feel like his game can bring about sustained? Man, I can't even talk. Sustained success. Nah, not without team. a crazy supporting cast. Because if you want to keep it a hundred, like Trey, yeah. Trey disrespected the Knicks. Trey didn't play all that great in the Sixers series. No, he didn't. No. So you got to give Atlanta as a team props. Like it's not like I think like Atlanta, gonna, yeah. People to your, are gonna to your point, people Dad, are gonna I take the Atlanta easy argument team. and be like, well, Trey did that. He carried his team. I, in the I second Atlanta round, he didn't really carry Herder. Herder was great in that series against right. Philly. Uh, That's the thing. Like yeah. the Sixers did all they could to lock Trey up, and other other people hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Like like you could say all you want about Ben Simmons. He played great defense on Trey Young in the playoffs last year. And the crazy part is when 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 your man Pat Beverly said, "Give Chris Paul that same slander." We definitely did slander Ben all all summer, and and past that for his game seven. Low key, his game seven was better than Chris Paul's game seven. Yep, <laughs> okay, he was better than Chris Paul's game seven because Chris Paul got abused defensively um, to go along with his what ten ten points, four assists, something like that. Your man, your man passed up shots, but it was only one of two from the foul line. So they didn't they didn't hack him in and make him. He didn't hurt us from the foul line that game, and he had thirteen assists and played good defense. But we're so yeah. like hell-bent on offense being the only thing, him shying away from the moment offensively it's stuck a free more throw people's head than, than, than everything else. In my opinion, it wasn't even the jump shot for him. It's the free throws. Cause you ain't no, no, be a but, I'm talking about, but I'm only comparing yeah. game seven. Ben Simmons was only yep, one yep, for two yep. from the foul line in game seven. He yep. hurt us from the line all playoffs. But yep. comparing his game seven to Chris Paul's, he had a way better game seven than Chris Paul. And Chris and, had we, and Chris you know, had championship but, expectations this year too. Right. Uh, and I was about yeah. to say Chris Paul, you know, he's proven his worth over the years, but has he in the playoffs? Like we just yeah. said he was the, hey. he's blown the most two O leads in history. But go ahead, my bad to that. Yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. I think uh they had championship expectations also as being this year. And uh, and I think that I mean, um we did last year too, but <laughs> Yeah. But but it's like crazy, like Phoenix, right? They have a decision they could bring back eight, and I'm like, okay, who else you gonna get? <laughs> He's a young guy. You can always trade that, you know. Uh, 
because that's another they thing need Pat shooters. Beverly said too. He said they benched yeah. the wrong person. They should have benched Chris Paul. That's they should have benched everybody. That's that's just hate though. There's no way. Chris but, Paul. But Chris you Paul could be having the worst game in his life, and you don't bench Chris Paul. Like that. You, just no, you can't bench him because who else you gonna put in yeah. campaign? You put in Bucky. Damn it. But see the thing. The thing with Chris Paul, like like Phoenix. And it shows how few guys in this league, surprisingly, can't get their own shot. It is crazy how few guys can't get it. And I think you have to get those guys. And I think with Aiden, yes, he's not perfect, but the guy can get you 20 and 12, and he actually could switch and defend. You know, you don't yeah. go find too many of those. And he's a restricted free agent, so you can match everything. And, and so, But people forget, these guys are young, man. We're expecting these, we treat these guys like they're 28, 29. These guys are like 22, most of them, 23, you know. The NBA, and, and no they need to change ball. the rules. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah, with that. But I, but I know you guys got to run and be also. I'll leave with this. When Chris Paul lost the other night, Doc Rivers stood up on the table and said, it pulled us Nino Brown. This is bigger than Doc. But, hey, you guys have a good one, fellas. You too. All right, bro. All right, and real quick, before we get out of here, man, let's talk about what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. And while you're on the grind, is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence, top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And, yes, financing options are available, so visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that your homies at War Room Sports sent you. All right, so uh, while y'all were on the grind, y'all man Rajon Rondo was allegedly, allegedly, (laughs) pulling out guns on his ex in front of their son and threatening to kill her. What's up with Rajon? Yeah. You believe that? I mean, I've seen him. In uh, yeah, I do. I do. So, uh, as believe, 50 would uh, say, whatever they say he did, he did that shit. Yeah, he, he did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they say he did, he did it. So, some of the, you know, quickly, some of the uh, details on that whole thing. Um, she was actually granted... Uh, protective order against Rondo after this whole thing. They said um, she and the child were, I mean, Rondo and the child were playing video games on Wednesday when she asked the child to separate laundry. Rondo reacted angrily, (laughs) ripping the game console out of the wall and smashing several items in the house, leaving the boy and another child that was there to be upset. So then she alleged that Rondo said to her, you're dead before leaving the house, only to return shortly thereafter with a gun and demanding to see one of his kids. <laughs> so the woman says she grew scared of the situation, so she brought the child downstairs. Rondo pulled the child outside, allegedly while still holding the gun while he yelled at him. He then demanded to see the other child, too, and she also came outside. Rondo yelled at both of them for being afraid of him. Rondo got CTE or something? Like, a little bit. He hit the, his bit. head at the floor a couple times or something. 
This sounds like some serious anger management type stuff. So you bust back in with a gun, but then you're upset with your kids for being afraid of you while you're screaming at them while holding a gun. Generally, you're afraid of people who are brandishing a weapon while screaming at you. Mm -hmm. But he expects his kids not to be. And probably because his son was whooping him in 2K and his mom tried to cut the game short, Rondo wasn't going out like that. This is my speculation. So he rips the game out of Mm -hmm. the wall. That gets him out of the game, you know, without having to look like he was the one that quit. And then goes berserk. So this really sounds like, like, you know, we, 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 we joke, but then on a serious note, we, we do talk a lot about mental illness. This really sounds like something where he had a lot of stuff built up and anything was able to trigger him and make him act like a wild man at the moment, man. What's up with Rondo, man? Yo, man, show me, uh, show me, uh, uh, an accepting loser, and I'll show you a good loser. You wasn't trying to lose that 2K game. Right. You went bananas. All right. So in other news, man, your homies, Michael Jordan, the real Michael Jordan, and Mark Cuban, uh, they basically turned $44 million into $8 billion. And they both did this by... Uh, together investing in, and, and and to think about it, Michael Jordan only made $93 million of his NBA career. Um, Scotty Pippen made $17 million more than Michael Jordan in their basketball career. But, of course, we know prior to this deal, he had earned an estimated $1.7 billion in endorsements since he entered the league. Gatorade, McDonald's, Yeah, pretty not. He, he spent it all on jet fuel. But they invested. <laughs> they invested in a uh, in a company called in 2015. They invested in a company called Sports Radar, which is a sports data company. Um, so he and Mark Cuban basically was the duo who put the vast majority of the $44 million funding round. And, you know, just seven short years later, they're about to cash in on $8 billion. Um, That's a hell of an investment, man. That's a hell of a come up. That's a hell of a payday. Um, There's a lot of money going around in this world, man. So Mike Mike, Mike and, and, and Cuban about to shoot up that Forbes list a little bit after having a great year with Sport Radar. So shout out to them brothers. You got any thoughts on this, B, before we move on? Damn, I'm trying to calculate the come up. <laughs> yeah, they hunted, they hunted, they hunted X. They hunted X on their ass. What that is a stupid come up. It's crazy. X on them. It's crazy when something is valued like that and you've excuse me, really hurt like, I, don't even, I don't even know what Sport Radar really does. Like sports data, yo, they, like, yo, yo, they two hundred x on them in That's seven years. Stupid, crazy. So your man Deshaun Watson is back in the news. No, he hasn't visited um, any uh, massage parlors lately, but he did make an admission about one of his uh, accusers. He admits that the uh, massage therapist cried 
after their session. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, okay. Yo. And like, why are you even admitting Yo. to that? <laughs> well, why'd the bull say that? What's wrong with him? So I was doing a pre-trial deposition last week. He admitted that one massage therapist did cry after their session, but he said he did not know why. You know, he's still pleading ignorance, of, you know, pulling out his, his Johnson, his Johnsonville. And um, he's saying, I don't know why she was, was crying. Yo, bull said, bull said, I don't know why she was crying. It was wet. And then yo. but he also admitted this. He yeah, left and sure. later sent her. Yo, you stupid. He left and later sent her an apology text after the session, which read, sorry about you feeling uncomfortable. Never were the intentions. LMK, let me know if you want to work in the future. My apologies. This is a little incriminating to me. This is a little self-incriminating. Yo! Um, like, real, real talk. Like, you're saying on one end she was crying. You admitted that. Then you say you don't know why she was crying, but then you felt the need to text her and apologize for her being uncomfortable. So if you knew she was uncomfortable, then you knew that there was a reason for her to be uncomfortable. Then what you knew she why she was crying. So, right, right. So what, are you, you know, what did you do to make her uncomfortable that you felt that you had to apologize about? So it's a little bit self-incriminating and – with 22 accusers saying basically the same stuff, there's a pattern that's already being shown. So if he admits in any way, shape, or form to one of them, then they're going to start looking like then, okay, all of these people all have the, hotel, the same account. All the hotels are going to say he was trying to buy CBS. <laughs> right, pretty much. But, yeah, it, it's not a good look for him to say that in his deposition. Um, We'll see where it goes from there. But lastly, uh, (laughs) black social media has been killing young Bronny James because his prom pictures have been posted online, and he has a white prom date. Um, Your man even weighed in. Like, your man even said something like, yo, I thought LeBron, you're supposed to be an activist. Basically, like, how you letting your son go out this? Your man, Doctor Umar. Who said? Who said that? Doctor Umar. Guess who? Uh, guess who defended him? Guess who said? Ah, these y'all, y'all worried about this stuff. Y'all people are disgusting. Y'all let him and his date have their day. That was from RG three, the Cornball brother. Ah, <laughs> of course. So, so everybody's commenting. You know exactly why they're saying what they're saying. Um, but yeah, RG three defended it. Dr. Umar was like, what's up with LeBron? Somebody else, I don't even think it was a blue check person, posted something, a photo saying, why are we acting surprised? He is LeBron James' son, and then they showed LeBron James in a prom picture with a white chick. <laughs> Damn. So, Bronny, Yo, they, the they, internet they never loses. Crazy part is, Bronny's mom is the one, I don't know if she posted the original one, but she posted a photo of him and the girl um, talking about how he's growing up and this and that, um, considering the fact that, you know, she's Ron's black wife, you think maybe subliminally, subliminally she was trying to get the people to go with her son because she might not like the fact that he's with a white girl. Think about it. Uh, people people conniving out here in these streets these days, baby. The funny, the funny, the she funny thing like, is, give him some of his medicine. I wouldn't. Or he'd be afraid I wouldn't to give her again. that much. I wouldn't give her that much credit 
But I, mean, I, know I don't that's know why my mom, my, I know that's why my mom would have posted it. But... <laughs> <laughs> to make you feel that heat. But I mean that. But that could first be of it. all, my mom would have never allowed it to get there. So right. that's another story for another day. Yeah, no doubt. But everybody, I know, I know what soccer starts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Um, I know what, I know what baseball star can't do that either. But I ain't here to say about that. the Rondo stuff. Neil said over a video game. That sounds so strange. That's what I'm saying. Like there had to be something else built up that triggered him. Um, I guess to make him. It probably wasn't even just about the video game. It probably was like, how dare you interrupt me? With I'm, my son. With my son or something like that. And Skyview was like, yo, and Rondo, y'all don't, <laughs> y'all don't have a belligerent woman. He's like, I have. I ain't saying that it's right, but I understand. I'm going to shut up right there. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep that moving. That's what happened groove. this week. Thank you for your participation. Okay. Y'all were on the grind. So before we get out of here, ma'am, i just let y'all know. What happened this this date in sports history? That's brought to you by Sports the Book. If y'all are tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, hating ass dudes like Pat Beverly narrating it, or just a lot of subjective information that people are passing off as facts, because y'all know how it is these days. Somebody can say something that is the epitome of an opinion, and if you agree with them, you're saying facts really not a fact. It's not really a fact at all. But y'all know what it is. If those are the type of books you like to read, the type of shows you like to, to, to follow, then that's your loss because y'all need to pick up a copy of sports. It's an acronym. Smart people only read the sports. Now go back and spell sports and then say what I just said and mind blown. Anyway, it's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture to keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. And it doesn't hurt that it was written by World Run Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint. So just go to sportsthebook.com to get your copy or warroomsports.com or amazon.com. Wherever you get it, just make sure you get it. Don't miss the movement. This date in sports history... Uh, May 19, 1935 was the day that the NFL adopted the annual college draft, which didn't begin until 1936, but the day in 1935 was the day that it became official that we were going to do a college draft, and we've been doing it ever since. Um, shout out to Fred Purdue because this was the, the day that, you know, <laughs> you didn't know it yet because you weren't born for another <laughs> another. 60 years afterwards, but, you know, this was the day that you became you. So shout out to all of our people. Uh, Brandon Pemberton, another War Room Sports, uh, a former draft expert. Um, everybody who's, uh, who's this is ever the day done Fred it. decided yeah. the plantation was home. Never mind. <laughs> Keep going. All right. So uh, we'd like to give a big War Room salute to this historical moment. In the world of sports, I mean that is big, man. The, the draft is a big thing. Like people actually, no diggity. like run around and like get ready for this and sit in front of their TV for a whole weekend watching the NFL draft. I think half of these fans be faking. I watched a um, TikTok video the other day of this dude from some, I guess some funny man. You know him and his homies be doing funny videos or whatever. But they went down to the draft when it was in Nashville. He's a big dude. So they went down there faking, 
having everybody in Nashville thinking that he was there to be drafted. They started doing it before he even went to town. Um, uh, who was it? Schoolboy Q, the rapper. He had do. He met him, told him that you're one of my favorite artists and you're my inspiration. Like I was listening to one of your albums and it inspired me to go for my dreams. So they fooled him. Then they actually got to town. People all around the streets greeting dude in the airport. They're greeting dude because he's just looking like he's a celebrity. He's looking like he's down there to to get drafted, and people are just eating it up, right? So finally, after the draft, he's walking around town in a Green Bay Packers um, cap, grabbing the microphone at clubs. Like, I'd like to thank the Packers for helping me realize my dream. People congratulating them, people buying them drinks. Packers fans are saying, welcome to the team. It was a good pickup. Old time is fake, B. So for all these people who be really acting like the draft is like one of their favorite sporting events, like, do y'all be for real? Because this dude really went and played a bunch of people. Even the team, fans from the team that he acted like he was drafted by, like, yo, it's a good pickup. I can't wait to you. You've never heard of this dude because they made up a name. Yo, sports fans are the worst sometimes, man. Yo, hey, in the word in the words of Biggie, I got a story to tell, but that's I another story, story for another time. Yeah, yeah, people, man. All right, so again, shout out to this this moment in in sports history. It's time for us to roll out. So we just like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Neil, Skyview, um, everybody on our uh, our chat. In the group me Shout out to you brothers too um, Tobias is in there Even though he called in as well uh, Casey Mack was rapping Shout out to Casey Mack uh, Tune in next week Live right here or on demand As we catch you up on the most important sports Entertainment and life stories of the week So until then Enjoy the rest of your week Enjoy your weekend NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball Whatever you're watching be careful when you go grocery shopping because we do live in America. Um, stay safe in the streets, as safe as you can, man. Yeah. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
Bellafani, I got a chief flow KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us World of sports www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.